is the Decibel Geek Podcast. With Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. It's time to get high on the new thing. Well, maybe at least the new episode of the Decibel Geek Podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm Aaron Camaro. There's Chris Sinzak. And, man, we got a real special guest today. Absolutely. This is someone it's, we've it's Chris. No, I was talking about you. You're back. You're, you're, you're back from the dead. Oh. How special. What you, He's specially back from the dead. It's the funniest irony, because I hate the show The Walking Dead, but now I've become one. You were one. Yeah. Definitely were. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I'm okay. Good. Thankfully, yeah. We but, were all scared. Yeah, there's a reason this episode's late. A good reason. This is the best excuse we've ever had for being late. Sorry, Donnie. Um, I was in the hospital for, well, two and a half days. Yeah. And uh, I'm okay, but uh, thought I was having a heart attack last Saturday night and uh, pretty freaked out. Wife took me to the ER. Uh, full blood panel, numerous EKGs, and keeping me wasting a whole day on Sunday because the main doctor wasn't in that was going to do the stress test and then a stress test on Monday. And my heart's good. And, That's great. Uh, looks like it was probably related to stress, because I don't have any of that. Right. No, it's not <laughs> like we're really creeping up on the uh, Rock and Pot Expo. Yeah, and we're and we'll be hitting uh, our episode three hundred in a few weeks too. Oh, nice. So, you know, we're getting that. I think in September we'll we'll hit episode three hundred. Right on. But uh, hey, yeah, by it, then we'll be having uh, episodes and stuff that we recorded at the Rock and Pot. Absolutely. Expo. Yeah. We're, there's gonna be a lot of material for that, but. Uh, yeah, the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. You got, we haven't really pushed it too hard lately, but we got about two grand left to hit our goal, and we right want on. we want to hit that, guys. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. If you can give five bucks, even just go to GoFundMe.com slash Rock the letter N Pod Expo and uh, give whatever you can and help us meet that goal because we want to hit that goal because it it looks better. You know, right. I, mean, I think we'll still pull it off, but we we need to hit that goal so we can make this everything it needs to be. Right, cuz we're trying to make it the best that it can yeah. be and you know, we we know that a lot of our, you know, faithful loyal listeners have really stepped up yep. in the beginning when we first announced this and a lot of people did make donations. And we also realized that there's some new people that have been listening to the show since then. So if you're new, Help us out. Yeah, please do. It's going to be cool. And also, it guarantees that there's going to be a next year if we hit that goal, too. Right, absolutely. And we want to make this a yearly thing, and it's going to be so much fun. And we're really hoping that you can make Mm -hmm. it to Nashville to hang out with us and all our podcast friends. I mean, there's so many great shows going to be at this thing. So many awesome rock stars and people from the music industry are going to be there signing them autographs. We're going to have doing uh, interviews, and we're going to have some beer. And, oh, man, it's going to be great. And there's something real big i'm gonna announce soon oh yeah, yeah. that's right oh man you guys are gonna love yeah. it if you're a love rock it, and metal it, nerd it. you're gonna shit well you are listening to the decibel geek podcast so i guess you are a rock and roll nerd and yes, yes. you are gonna love it you know what i love what's that not having to cry on the show me too because we got a really good itunes review this all week. right i'm gonna check it out right now here it is let me see yep there they are all five of them beautiful stars right there and this one's called you won't find a better rock and metal podcast. Hmm, I like where this one's going already. I agree. All right. <laughs> and humble. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how it goes. The digital landscape is filled with rock and metal podcasts. Decibel Geek podcasts outshine them all. Hosts Chris and Aaron are regular guys who are passionate about rock and metal and its shows. 
This is something they do because they love the music and have for years. They have an extensive working knowledge of the genres and use that knowledge along with research and effort to produce high-quality content. Not satisfied with the same format for each episode, Decibel Geek is presented with different but reoccurring themes that are both informative and entertaining. They pay homage to the rock and metal artists and the icons of the past. Shine a spotlight on the artists of today and champion the lesser-known artists who just might become the Van Halens or Judas Priests of tomorrow. You wanted the best? You got it. The hottest podcast in the land, Decibel Geek. How cool is that? That's about perfect right there. That comes to us from Flying the Flag, from right here in the good old USA. Five stars, no tears. I love it. Thank you, Mr. The Flag. That's awesome. It doesn't get much better than that. Now, somebody that's looking for a rock and metal podcast that they want to have their ears become a home to, that's a perfect description for what we do. Absolutely. Heck yeah, man. So we'll see. we got other business to take care of before we get to this this interview this week. Wow. Yeah, you guys yeah. are about to, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, that's um, right. Yeah, before we get to that, we got to talk about our favorite other people, and that's the Geeks of the Week. These are the people that share on Facebook and retweet on Twitter, and this is the ones that did it for last week's Rush, Covered in Metal. Covered in Metal. That was a, a lot of research into that one. Yeah? But I think we did okay. I think we did all right. It's about as good as you're going to do. Yeah. So Geeks of the Week this week are Derek Novak, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Mike Grabowski, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Aaron Baker, Ron Runyon, Tony Musalam from Restrained, Andrew Jacobs, Matt Ashcraft, Chris Karam, Stephen Michael, Cobras and Fire Podcast, CGCM Podcast, Hoops, Chuck Noseworthy, Anthony Britt, Joshua Toomey from the Talk To Me Podcast, Kevin Williams, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Rob Webb, Adam Cox, Mikhail Burrell, Christina Green, Joseph Capone, Dave Koska, Thomas Mukaji, Shane Bear, Todd Cunningham, Kenneth Roy, Sean Cullen, Brennan Barrier, Joe Lascon, Joe Polo from Podcast Rock City, Scott Smith, Wayne Cross, Phil Ferguson, James McElhenney, Freewheel72, Billy Hardcore, Ernesto Aguiar, Christopher Stokes, David Glenn, Sean Cullen, Cole Thurton, and the Mooger Fugger. Nice. One thing those people have in common, they are some of the coolest people on the planet. Not one uncool person in that entire list. No, they're all the coolest. The coolest. And uh, speaking of David Glenn, congratulations. That's the VIP who won the Rush book. Congratulations, David. Awesome. We'll get that out to you. All right. So that brings us to the business at hand. Yeah. We have, ooh, what we have for you today is a very, very interesting conversation with one of my favorite rock artists, Donnie V, mm-hmm. mostly known from Enough's Enough, lead Absolutely. singer. Yeah. I guess I kind of feel like we should do a little disclaimer here at the beginning mm-hmm. that as you will find out in this conversation, I am a huge Enough's Enough fan, mm-hmm. and it's tough for me because I love both Chip and Donnie. Right. You know, so I want to make that very clear. <laughs> I love both Chip and Donnie. Chip's always been cool to yeah. us. Anytime we've just called him up out of the blue for anything, yeah, he's, he's always, always been nice. Always been cool, always been nice. Donnie is amazing. Yeah, you know, got was... such a unique perception of the world, and I love it. You know, and this conversation was so much fun. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say, no matter what, yeah. I'm always going to love both these guys. Well, some of my, and, he, and yeah, he's very open about his interactions with people, former yeah. band members and everything, and, and that's going to get attention for those quotes. Right. Um, and you can tell there's, there is some animosity and some hurt feelings between yeah. Chip and Donnie. There and, definitely is. You know, I think it goes, you know, you can listen to some of the songs on both of their most recent solo albums, oh, yeah. and they're directed at each other. Yeah. And, you know, that's all here and there. That's between yeah. those guys, you know, but, so. But he also provided a 
wealth of entertaining stories yeah. about the history of the band and yep. also about the way some the background on some of the songs, which is right. what I really loved. Yeah, me too. Was hearing you know where some of the songs came from. So it, it's a really it's a very eye-opening interview, and uh, we're happy to share it with you this week. Yep. So without further ado, here's Chris, myself, and the one and only Donnie V. I'm in Chicagoish. You know, uh, exactly where I'm at is... Shall remain a mystery. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Chicago-ish. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm Chicago-ish. Nice. Right. Get ready to spill my guts and blow hot air. Okay. Nice. Well, awesome. Well, let's have some fun. Then. <laughs> well, that's what we were hoping for. Heck yeah, man. I got to tell you, I've been a fan of Enough's Enough for a long time, man. I remember way back when the first album came out. I dug it. I was a teenager when it came out. You've contributed a lot to uh, my musical enjoyment over the years. I can tell you that. Well, you know, that's uh, what it's all about. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you can't hear that enough. And, you know, it's, it's, you don't start out with that in mind. You start out with, I want to be a rock star, or I want to do this, or I want everybody to love me, this and that. But, you know, once you get, you start maturing, you get older, and you, and you actually are an artist with substance and uh, something that, you you know, you feel that, is um, you know claimed incredible that piece starts becoming really important and um, became very important for me and uh, especially you know after the first couple albums I didn't really get that yet but you know you don't get that feedback or that kind of uh, you know you just get like man I love you guys this and that you know but then when you start hearing things you know as as you get as you go into your career of like hey you know this got me through this or this got me through that and well yeah yeah that's because um, that's when you, you know, you reach a point in, in writing where you're sharing your soul, right you on. know, with others. And, um, but, uh, that's, that's the best compliment you can get is, you know, you really were played like a soundtrack in my life and, and, uh, you're an important role in this and that. And that's unless you're blaming cool. me for something, you know, if you, if I'm the blame, that's, that's a whole different story. Then I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I yeah, started listening to your shit, and I got on drugs and alcohol, and I was out there, and all the things fell apart. And hey, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, I've had a, n- a number of friends that I told that uh, are familiar with or from the Chicago area that we were going to talk to you, and I've, I think the, the name the Thirsty Whale has come up yeah. at least three times. So nice. I, was, I was told to bring that name up to you. The Thirsty Whale. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> Used to think of that as the house of ill repute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, crazy shit when the Thirsty Whale, man. That's when we started out uh, kind of, uh, you know, that's kind of a launching place for you in Chicago. It was. And then it also was a great place for when you come home from tours or you're off where, um, you know, you could go. It's just, that was a lot of work. That was those would be, that would be uh, Thirsty Whale weekend would be four shows. It would be uh, all ages and then a twenty one and over each night. You know, so you have two nights of that. Wow, that's a lot of work. We what we used to get what we used to do is, uh, you know, we had big booking agents in this area, Premier and Barbara Scale, Frank Barcelona, everybody. But when we go home, we brown bag that tip money. You know, this is uh, play money, and I'm not not to say too much, but. Uh, there, you could spend a lot of your play money right there, but yeah. I had to leave in the place, you know. And uh, 
you know, which would help you with the next night. The, the way uh, a couple of us operated, like Derek and myself specifically, Thirsty Whale was one big night, you know, and and uh, sometimes we carry out into a, very often we carry out into a one big week or, or more. Yeah. We, we, we played, uh, we came home from a, from a, a tour. I forget what, where, what tour we just, we'd come home and, you know, we kind of had the key to the city in Chicago and this and that. And we, and, uh, Derek and I, uh, were well into a, our pro experimentalist phase of <laughs> festivities, you know, that, uh, our job sort of became that. And, and, uh, we, you know, our part-time job would be, of course, playing music right. and stuff. And so. We we come back from this tour, and, and you know, and it, and those tours when you're coming back in in you know, the last few days of that, or you know, pretty much the whole damn thing, but the last few days up for grabs, you know, and, and so you're looking for all right, we're going home, and and when you get home from a tour, most people with any sense would chill out and it's time to recoup and relax and get it together, but you know, not us, man. <laughs> it's time to all right. Now we don't even have all these interruptions, these these annoying things like interviews and shows and this and that, you know, now it's, it's, it's on, you know, and, and nobody, our, our families and loved ones and stuff, we didn't even know we were home for over a week. You know, usually when we get home, we just straight to, you know, my girlfriend, he's trying to crack me down and stuff. He's don't yeah, tell her I'm in town yet. Don't tell me, you know? <laughs> and so uh, we came home and that weekend was the thirsty well weekend. So we're going to brown bag it. We're going to make some cash. We're going to this and that. And, uh, you know, let's have a party. And uh, of course they accommodated. And of course, you know, uh, it'd be jam packed. And it was awesome, and we enjoy ourselves. And and so, just to let you know, I'll tell you right. So the next show we had scheduled after this weekend was an identical weekend, one month from from that weekend. Okay, it's uh, thirty days down the road from that weekend. So we finished the we finished the the two nights, and uh, so that's you know that's a lot of work right there being without any sleep or he's just coming home from the road, road driven. Frigo and I were so, so proficient at what we did in our, in our, uh, personal lives, should I say that, uh, so it, it, we, uh, just ended up one thing led to another and another and another. And we got, and you got all that cash and this and that. And, and to make a long story short, you know, there's, there's a little, you know, you're kind of sunburst, you know, there's a little up, a little down, a little up, a little down, you know, and, and this, uh, people don't believe me. I've talked to doctors and nurses and stuff. They said, that's not, it's not even possible to happen, but this happened. I said, well, it's not possible to happen except for, uh, a nod here and there or something, you know, usually Frigo or something. And, um, so we get a call finally, you know, Derek and I, we're just writing songs or jam. We're going around town. We're gallivanting around in taxis. We're doing this. We're doing that. Nights are turning into days. Are turning into weeks, and wow. and all of this shit. And uh, I get a call from from a manager, Bob. He goes, uh, I hear him on the phone. I pick it up, and you know, and he's like, "Hey," he goes, "I'll be I'll be over there in about fifteen minutes to get you guys." And we're like, "For for what?" <laughs> you know, he's like, what you? "He goes, what do you mean for why? We got." We got a show. We got the Thirsty Whale. You're crazy. We just did that. We just oh, played wow. that show. He's like, he's like, no. He goes, oh, my God, don't tell me. He goes, say what? He's, he, he gets, it's been a month, guys. It's like, wow. <laughs> Look at Derek. Oh, dude, we've been up a month. 
Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. So that's the story. And then I do believe that weekend, that next weekend, we uh, actually, I think we're, we closed the place. I do remember uh, tearing that ceiling down and everything yep. on that Funeral last show the there. And, and trashing that motherfucking place and moonwalking out. And I think that, I think that one even lasted one more day. Wow. And Sunday, we just passed out of, uh, I don't know, it was something close in the neighborhood of death. Mm. But not, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> That's mm-hmm. crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, we didn't, didn't feel like it. Just, just really tired. <laughs> Couldn't go any longer. You know, it's just. 30 we're days. Eight shows and all of that gallivant around in 30 days. That's Olympic status there. At, uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> you should get a medal for you know, right. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. I say, I don't know if, if, if. Where we stand in, like, the, the Guinness Book of Jagoffs, you know, wow. but somewhere along the line, that's, I think that, that we, we, we should definitely be in the top few with that one, man, you know, because <laughs> I've never shit. heard anybody that's, that's, said, that's come close to that, or, and I don't even, and I've not, nurses and doctors and people and therapists and this and that have all said that that's the physical impossibility. Mm. So, okay, wow. well, you know, I've, I've got a few other things that people think are impossible as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> The superpowers of Donnie V. Well, well, I mean, you. Well, I, I want to talk about Bob, the manager. I mean, how hard was that guy's job to try to corral you guys? I would say he had his work cut out for him. <laughs> Bob was a Bob was a big guy. He was a wolf in wolf's clothing. We'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he came along with the in the package with our first original manager, who was his name was Ron. I'm not going to glorify him, but uh, he had money. He was like a frustrated musician. He was a diamond broker hmm. dad left him a whole diamond business and this and that and ron uh, wanted to be a rock star but wasn't a rock star and so he uh bought himself a few rock stars so we were kind of like his toys and you know derek was somebody that he knew and and he had you know collected get acquired derek from at one point from one in his travel somewhere on and chip and i came as another package and and he acquired us and you know and hey we're out and we're living in palookaville me and chip you know we're i'm living in like some ghetto because i you know i i lived on my own very young and, and, we're, and i'm talking i'm a kid here mm-hmm. this is like uh 18 or something like that you know and yeah. and uh basically the first band i've ever really been in was enough enough the legend is you guys met at a baseball game is that really accurate <laughs> no that's that's highly inaccurate wow that's funny the <laughs> that's, way that uh, works that's sometimes. a lot of things uh <laughs> yeah there's a there's a whole lot of uh you know i don't want to call anybody a liar but let's just call them invalid truths Hmm. <laughs> that have been uh, spoken for one reason or another, and then it takes on a life, you know, like like a ghost or a demon, you know, it, it manifests until it comes alive. <laughs> wow! So yeah, that's kind of that's that's kind of what happens, you right. know, like the, when the lies come when the lies come to life. Sure, if you hear it enough <laughs> times, it becomes reality. Times you you think it's reality, he thinks it's reality himself. <laughs> So if if not, it's not true that you guys met at the baseball game, how do you first cross paths with Chips Enough? Yeah, Chips Enough. I've never seen him personally play any kind of professional or semi-professional baseball. I've seen him play some sports, and he was pretty good. Yeah, uh, foot racing and arm wrestling are the two that that I used to make <laughs> money off him with. I would get, you know save up my money and I'd bet on him. I'd go get uh, his next victims, you know, and and he'd foot race the shit out of some. He'd end up, he'd end those foot races backwards, like making fun of the guys that he's beating. Wow. You know, he was so so fast. And the arm wrestling, arm wrestling, he, he won most of those up until the one that's on the back of the seven record. 
there's a picture of him arm wrestling and yeah. there's a picture of me all excited thinking that's money in a bank. And if they would have taken that picture five seconds later, there would have been an entirely different look on my face as, <laughs> wow. as chips enough as the, the king was dethroned. And, uh, and then later we saw the tattoo on the guy's arm is that uh, arm wrestling champion of the world for some some shit like that. It's like yeah, okay, huh? you get hustled. You sometimes you hustle, sometimes you get hustled. Wow. Hey guys, <laughs> Chip was in a band that was uh, when I was cutting my teeth. Uh, you know, pretty young kid. I'd say thirteen, fourteen. Chip was already in a band that had some notoriety. It was a band called uh, We're Staying, and hmm. out of that, and the band was tight, and we all rehearsed, and guys that actually play their instruments very well and played together and it's mic'd up and it's like the real deal right. not just in the basement plugged into some piece of shit thing with a piece of shit thing you're playing and uh you know and trying to scream over something and everybody you know that cost 20 dollars or whatever you know so this is a real deal i was very impressed always by his performance he was just natural and young and it was just his energy and it was, it was raw, very raw and um, from and, and kind of coming from like a punk vibe or, or new wave-ish or whatever, but he was very, very good at the bass from the first time I seen him. He was like, it was an extension of him, and he's, he's still one of the best, I think, bass players that I've ever, you know, I never, of course, that I've ever played with, you know, but, um, that, you know, I think that I've ever heard on records, it's very authoritative, and it's very, he can hold the beat, and he can drive a song mm -hmm. with, I've seen him do it with drummers that can't even play, you know, and he had a pretty good look down because it was kind of like an asshole Rod Stewart would spit in your face and shit, you know, but, and, you know, just, I think he stood out more than everybody else in the band. Everybody was really good, right but on. he was, you know, he just, I suppose, you know, cause, he, uh, cause he's a guy that hmm? he's got it, you know, he's got the it factor, but the rest of the guys in the yeah, band don't. Yeah. He's got, he's got it factor, but I mean, the other guys were good. Um, you know, the it factor turning the cousin it factor. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, oh, I man. didn't say that, but, um, <laughs> so I was very impressed by him at a young age. When I finally, I hadn't met him though, and knew who he was. And he, I was a fan kind of of the band. I knew I hung out with some guys who was, whose brother was the singer of that band, who was very good, very talented, wrote most of the songs. But I never really dug his vocals. You know, his vocals were kind of and shit like that. And I was like, that's not cool vocals in it. But Chip would sing a couple songs, and I was like, now that I like that. So I remember uh, what happened was I hooked up with the singer guy first somehow and we started working in a project it was the older guys there was another older guy i was like 10 years minimum younger than anybody else that was in the thing wow. and i was kind of like this new kid that's just now this is my first thing where i'm stepping out of my garage band basement band type shit and taking my stab at this well the guy that i hooked up with had already spent six seven years with chip and was over that whole thing and i had no idea what he was talking about at the time he was over. He goes, I go, well, why don't we get Chip? He's like, I'd like to do this without Chip. And to boot anything that sounded natural and started to fall into a groove or something with, that was like kind of like what I had my, my heart set on doing, this guy was like, well, no, let's not do anything obvious, anything that makes sense, or anything that feels good. Oh, it's like, what? Let's, we're going to, you know, it's going to do this new wave thing. He's got his keyboard. Guy went from guitar Dang. to just some little cheap-ass keyboard. Now we got his keyboard. And him trying to sing and me singing. So and then so the tunes that I brought were uh, they had some catchiness and there's some hooks to them. They're very immature and stuff. But I sang them and everybody else besides that guy was kind of like, this is this kid. It should be the singer, mm -hmm. you know, because because my voice definitely lent itself more to the ear. But he, this guy didn't. He was you know. No, and he's so busy trying to make shitty music nobody likes. 
<laughs> against the grain and be some tortured genius that comes up with, with you know, like, uh, I don't know, he wants to, let's invent something brand new that, mm. that uh, no one's, you know, but, well, <laughs> you know, the way you're going about it is it just tries to turn off for everything. It's, a, it's painful on the ears. It makes my ears sad, wow. you know? That's so, terrible. So, that, so there's one session I was sick. I wasn't, I was. I kept saying, I say, we need the bass player. He, this guy was playing bass on the keyboard, and he's like, boom, 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 to my little power pop tunes that I was writing. I'm like, destroying, butchering it. But, you know, I guess I don't know anything. What do I know? These guys are professionals. Yeah. I'm just a kid, but I don't like that. That's fucked up. I hear it for driving. I hear what I hear what they was doing with Chip, you know, like what Power Pop, what Chip was doing, or Cheap Triggers, something like that. Now with this guy's with boom, 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 you know, shit like that. And he's weird out, you know. Oh, like, no. Eh. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So the one day, one day I'm sick, and guess who happens to be there that day? It was Chip, because he happened to be doing some uh, Top 40 thing. Or At that time, I think he was doing like a lip sync show that people were putting on where different artists would come out and, and look and do a, their thing, and then they needed a band that would be up there the whole night that would be the lip sync band, you know? Uh, okay. And so that's what Chip was doing in town and in the neighborhood and stuff, wow. but doing some Top 40 shit. And he was there, and he and, he, and I, I'm listening, he goes, and there's bass on this song. I'm like, well, we play the bass. He goes, oh, Chip showed up. He played the band. I go, oh, okay, so the day that I'm not there, you get Chip. And so, you know, the next time I come down, Chip comes over, like, the next day, and he says, well, you know, we're going to have a band meeting. We're thinking about getting chipped because the other guys were, you know, wanting to get chipped and stuff. And so as we're sitting in this guy's apartment, Chip sitting there, I'm, I'm just meeting him for the first time. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of starstruck because he comes in with his, his hair stand and his hair all wild and blonde, his leather pants and, you know, some little girl's t-shirt and stuff and, and talking a lot of shit, yeah. you know, and it's like in the whole areas and making, you know, like in, and direct and not intimidated whatsoever by anybody. In fact, everybody's kind of bowing to Chip. So we were listening, we were playing some of my old demos early stuff and it's like uh so we're talking to the guy and and this and that and so chip's like okay so yeah i kind of like i, 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 I kind of like his voice he goes he sounds a little like this he's like yeah he's like looking at me he goes he goes who are you what do you do you know where are you from what's your thing you know so blah 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 so so he's listening some more and you can see the wheels turning and uh so he's like in this sort of guy so all right so chip's like okay so so we're gonna do this band he goes all right who's gonna sing and the, the other guy he's like well, I thought I'd, I'd go with the lead singer because Donnie's kind of, he could be writing and he goes, well, I think I try, we've tried you for about six years. He goes, well, when we give this guy a shot, you know? And the guy's like, ah, he, he don't like we heard it. And right. Chip's like, you know, there's a little bit of, now now basically nobody's listening to this guy anymore. And Chip's just kind of like looking at me, giving me winks and stuff. And uh, and after the guy's through talking, the guy goes in the, goes in the kitchen and makes some tea or something. It's <laughs> like, hey, he goes, do you want me to ride home? He goes, where are you at? He goes, outside. He goes, I do too. He goes, I'll give you a ride home. with Sashay. <laughs> we got in the car. And I was like, okay. He goes, we, as soon as he got in the car, he goes, all right. He goes, what do you want to do? You want to play with a bunch of, bunch of old men playing with a bunch of shit that sounds like shit? Or you want to rock? Nice. I said, oh, okay. Goes without saying, man. I mean, I, oh, you're the guy. So I kind of, I now had the shadow of this character and figure who I loved absolutely loved the way he operated and everybody yeah. else did too nice. and this guy got away with saying or doing or anything he he'll walk into the goddamn grocery store with his hair standing straight up all fluffed out and shit like that make himself a sandwich going up and down the aisles and stuff and nobody says shit <laughs> wow, you know nice you know it just it, so i'm here i am eating sandwiches here you make me a sandwich first he's he was always very generous and here's your sandwich 
you know, it's like, what do you want today? It's like, you know, Eeyore. And, and, and we just became, uh, he became my big brother and it was something I needed so badly in my life. It's not just for the music and not just for that, but somebody that, that I had really respected and, and, uh, you know, and also now I'm his little brother and wow. he's my big brother and yeah. he's, and it's like everything he's saying and, and he's, I'm going in all of these doors and getting all of this credibility you know, it took me, you know, not very long to uh, adapt and to uh, at least pull my weight. You know, we, yeah. I think we maybe did a couple of jams and got called up a couple of things where I was pretty, you know, raw, not to, not so hot. But uh, people, but I could sing, you know, my guitar playing was very cool. I played, I actually played bass and it was kind of like a Beatley band that I was in that was, but really didn't do anything. And, and that's the next time I saw him was I was doing a, a show with my with these Beatle guys that I was playing with, um, Phil and Gotti and these other, we had a band called like the scuffle and, uh, really didn't have much success or anything. We just played a couple bars in the snap, but, and did a lot of rehearsing, but we did, we got hired to, to put together an actual Beatle band, which that was something that I did really, really well. That was something I did have down because yeah. that was what I listened to. And I played the bass, the Hoffner and shit. And, uh, we had the suits and everything. And, and Chip was there, you know, sitting all the way. He would not come up to the front or anything. He sat way, way in the back behind the, the video monitor and stuff and watched the show from there and him and his wife. And, uh, you know, it was very good. We did a very good job. I just remember, as you know, he always had this little edge on me where he, you know, no matter how, how, you know, it lasted for quite some time where, where he kept things in check. You know, the, don't, don't forget the food chain here, you know. Yeah. There's God to Chip. Then, then to you, you know what I mean? And, uh, he's the big brother. He's the big brother and he's the pro, you know, the head buffoon, right? <laughs> so I'm now I am the parrot. Yeah. So it comes the birth of the new, more intelligent buffoon. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. So evolution. Well, now yeah. there's, now there's danger. Now it's been <laughs> dangerous. Now, and this is that baby, like you are talking, like if you have a baby, and it's like like my nephew Louis, hand him over to me at this young age and stuff. Oh, that's great influence. And look at <laughs> and then look what kind of stuff ends up on mind. YouTube. My God, he gets he's got he, he can get laid now. <laughs> Louis, he's eight years old, he's singing as you know, he's singing Butterface Love and oh, that's awesome. You know, toilet paper roses and shit like he's classic. He, he's got the look. He's mini me. Yeah. He's, he's so fucking. He's he's been bitten by the bug and oh, every I love time that see stuff. the look in his eyes, see what it is, and you know, and when he's not telling people, calling people, they had to jag off or. You know, or <laughs> this is fucking bullshit, or oh, wow. this and that. You know, he's he's a colorful little guy. He's been coming out. He's coming out tomorrow. Uh, he's going to spend a few days with me. Um, but in case, that's kind of like what was happening to me at my very formative, impressionable years right. of molding myself. And he would always say, "I molded you." And I would say, "Thanks for molding me." <laughs> and that was like our little thing, you know, and, and we had a little stick and, and I had a big brother and he had a little brother and his chip and I would show up for places. We'd play parties. We'd show up, we'd go out to a club or some, uh, two of us on a mini bike. We come riding down a fucking Cicero Avenue on a fucking mini bike what? that has no goddamn it's a little 50 CC. I'm on the back. He's hanging on. I was just mini bike. Didn't even work right. I had to like pull the throttle down by the. The engine and shit, we'd be steering and running this and that, and, and we and it had no brakes, and we we actually rode into into the fucking door and broke the fucking window of this place called Haywires. We had we we were doing a performance and we were late as fuck, and we come pulling up on the mini bikes, the band, everything's on stage, smash. 
right into the thing. A place is packed. We get off the mini bike. We just throw it down, walk right on stage and rock. And it was like, wow. I like this. This is fucking funny. This is classic shit. And it was him and I against the world because we mm. now we're going to go take on the world. Everybody else was interchangeable. Everybody else, for this reason or that reason, wasn't prepared to step off the ledge without the net like we were. It was, this is it. This is happening. And we knew it. We had no doubt about it. It was going to happen. Like uh, all desperate white trash, we opted for the, you know, to try to take the easy, fast way, which is with this fucking money dude. Yeah. You know, who's, who's in fucking bags. Of, we go, I went from quarter grams and half grams of cocaine to big bags like you see on TV and oh, shit, you know? Yeah. And then there's smoke. There's, then there's the beauty of smoking it and, and all of this. And, and it's like, oh, my goodness. You know, and then the alcohol and everything. And that's where Chip and I, like, where the wedge started to come between us at that point. Because he never, uh, I watched him do his last line of cocaine. I think he was probably 22 years old. Wow. I watched him do his last line. He jones so hard. And he was so pissed at the guy that was holding it. For the guy, where, hey, where's that? Give me another line. He goes, and Chip bought it, too. He goes, it's gone. Because the guy did it all. You don't let somebody, some fucking right. Jones or Tweaker hold on to the shit. Right. It's like, I have a big lesson there. I go, and the guy's all tweaked out and sweating. And Chip's like, what do you mean it's gone? <laughs> you know? He's all Jones. pounding fucking Jack and Cokes at the bar. He's lost his, lost his fucking cool. You know, your personality's all tweaked out. He said, you know what? I don't think I'm doing this anymore. Wow. He says, I totally don't got it together right now. And so, and that became a big advantage of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with my weaknesses because uh, all of that stuff I don't know I, I just I was so damaged I didn't have the up, he had a good upbringing with his dad and the mom and very supportive and very mm-hmm. loving good family and shit like that with, with structure and sports and interaction and stuff like that I didn't have any of that well, what, you know, I had my grandfather. So what, what, and, uh, what did your folks do? Well, my dad, he left when I was like two. Oh, wow. And my mom... It's it's kind of hard to put a label on exactly what my mom did it's for various things. It was uh, it's easier to say what she didn't do, uh, but I don't want. I'm not out just. My mom has suffered and she's not in very good state. And let's just say it would have been a nice thing had she just sold me to somebody. Would have probably been bet worked out better for me and her. But yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen, and uh, it just is what it was. And she was young and she's crazy, and you know the apple don't fall <laughs> far too far from the from the stump, right. and. Uh, Back to Chip, yeah. So this is the easy. This is starting. There's a wedge starting to come. This guy is starting to play. There's the writing starts happening now. Um, mm-hmm. The writing uh, originally, it was everything was very much a team, very much. Uh, when we started writing a lot of the songs and stuff, basically, it's it, it always retained that the original formula of the ideas and the hooks and the lyrics came from me. And then me, he he would he and I would polish it and turn it into the song together, and his bass would would hold everything together. But you know, it's it's got to a point where there's a kind of uh, taking every idea, putting it into the same press and the same mold, and you know, a Play-Doh pumper, and you're still getting you're just getting that Play-Doh pump poop star that keeps popping out. You know that you just keep slicing up and putting it on stuff. And it started early, but still there was just way too much. Let's say um, beauty of having a big brother and this and that. I mean, you're, we're, we're talking about now where it's us against, us against the world, us against our manager, us against the drugs, us against this. You know, I mean, and there was always something that was uh, we were head to head on some yeah. sort of kind of uh, 
a war where, you know, an unspoken war of us against them where they're trying to pull some shit on us and we're trying to not let that happen. And we're sticking together and, and we're our little secret club and we got that plan. And one day, you know, fuck these guys, you know, we get where we got to go. And then, you know, and you need guys, you need each other like that, you know? Right. And, yeah. And, um, you know, and the other guys, Derek and Vic, they came into into the band, and like Vic, I'd never even heard him play the drum one time. And uh, Derek, we had no choice in the matter. Had a guitar player. His name was Alex Kane. He was in like Life, Sex, and Death. Yeah, and right. He's been he's been in his own thing and stuff like that. He was a guitar player, and I was I dug Alex because he he was you know he was a George Lynchy type dude, which, which never was that never tickled my fancy to begin with. But he used his mind and his head, and he was trying to apply what he could do mm-hmm. to enhance the songs and stuff like that. Now Derek, come in. Derek's automatic pilot. Anything he does will be in key. Everything, he won't play a bad note. He's so good. It's an extension of his, he, I've seen Derek still holding a note sound asleep wow. with a vibrato and shit like that going perfectly and resonating. It just kept, he's, you know, <laughs> that's how fucking good, that's how good that guy was. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, Derek Frigo was amazing. Was, the only time Derek applied any thought or would take any input was after the session where I, by the end of it, decided I wanted to beat the shit out of him and fire him, and I would. And then the next day, he'd humbly come back after his buzz, his coke and all everything wore off, and smoke a joint and with his little squinty eyes now and his little, hey, dude, hey, dude. You know, he'd go from, like, Kurt Fang. We used to call him Kurt yeah. Fang because when he's on coke and shit like that, he was like, he could be a monster. Yeah. He's just, just so too much energy. is like feral wild animal no wow. domesticated skills no no guilt no guilt at all in the guy which is a bad bad fucking thing when you're dealing with a guy with no guilt and he's wired for fucking for not 150 miles an hour you know what i mean mm-hmm. so uh but there was definitely a genuine authenticity to derek that a lot of people didn't know or didn't see that came out so seldom because he was constantly he lived to get high he, he there was nothing in the world that Derek enjoyed more than getting high and fucking chicks and partying and being Derek Frigo and just having a look and this and that. And his guitar was his tool to do that yeah, right. as opposed to the other way around. And, um, and that's sad, but that's, that's a lack of, you know, his dad was, was um, 50, 55 years old when Derek was born. His mom was 17. His mom left immediately. Oh, wow. So Derek's dad, who's playing all the time and stuff, Derek basically is your nanny or this and that or whatever. But basically, living on 12, 12 Lakes Drive across the street from uh, Oak Street Beach, rich little fucking, you know, snot-nosed with his dad's the greatest jazz violinist in the world. And, uh, you know, he just didn't stand a chance, yeah. you know, that. but there's still that sweet spirit that was in him and raw natural intelligence that he didn't know how to use until way later in his life, you know, and uh, being a guitar player. And when you're that good and you're that talented, you can do it like that. I mean, anything he did is better than everybody else can do it. So why work hard? Why think? Why have to? He didn't have to, you know, and the only one that, that ever made him would be me. And that's because I said, listen, motherfucker, I want to party too. And I am partying too, but look at what I got to do. I got to write the fucking song. I got to fucking deal with you. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with that, you know, and, and write the lyrics and put it all together and shit. And then you come in and you fucking take a 20-second Hoochie man two-step on all my fucking work. You know what I mean? With uh, actually no effort and no, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's, and I'm stuck with that shit, you know, and, and that's not Derek, if I have my choice, this is not the style of guitar player I have in my band, but this is what it is. 
And then, uh, wow. then the band got a deal. The band got a deal with that lineup. So that was the lineup. It was, this was not, I didn't hire this guy. I didn't hire that drummer. It just kind of all happened. And, and Chip and I were the only things that were kind of in sync, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But So that made Chip and I more, even more Chip and Donnie. Chip and Donnie, you know, whenever we go out of town to do press or interviews or if somebody wanted to see the band, see us or talk to their meetings or this and that, it would always be Chip and I going somewhere, you know. And, and those guys not, not needed unless we're playing or recording or something like that, you know, and yeah. that, and there's, you know, that, that becomes them against us, you know, and that starts shit. And so I never got, I never really knew Vic or got close with him. I, he was so good looking and had shit so together that, <laughs> that I was, you know, I was just flattered to be hanging with him. You know, right. I was like, yeah. I just want to hang with, even though I knew he was a jagoff, a snake and this and that, but look how good looking he is. I'm just like, it's, it's just like an honor to walk yeah. around with like the, the queen of England. You know Vic, what I mean? <laughs> you're right. Vic Fox's so, throwaways are gold, you know, or they're nines. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> none of them know about, none of them, until they find out about each other. Because that guy could juggle and play fucking, but then I, I would hear some of the things that he would say to some of these girls, and then it made sense of why they, not not only was did they did they end up discarded, they ended up discarded into mental institutions and therapy <sighs> oh, and geez. medication and shit like that he would do there'd be such a number done on these girls wow because he's cute and plays he's adorable Vic fox and they think they're the only one and they find out they're not the only one and then and then once you know a little bit of you get a little taste of uh you know hey i don't want to deal with that kind of shit you know it's how dare you be concerned with anything that has to do with you right, you, know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you know it's like i'm gonna deal with that and then bye-bye and that's it he, and now he's he, a now beautiful you're, man now you're banned <laughs> from back now you're banned from the club you're banned from this and that. These girls are going nuts and he's, if he was walked out of a limo with somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, wow. And this whole time, this whole time he also had a steady girlfriend that he had like most of his life that he kept. And, and she was, I don't know if she was clueless or what the fuck was going on there, but this guy could operate. That's and, right. and it didn't occur to me that this guy, he's that good with, the, with psycho crazy women who are Sherlock Monk fucking home. What's he doing a naive, fucking gullible me who's not even looking? You know what I mean? It's like, right. And so, yeah, it did, not, it did not play out well. I've always admired his uh, sense of having his shit together at what he did, at what, how he looked. Yeah. His presentation of Vic Fox mm-hmm. was damn professional. Yeah. His uh, ethics and uh, his sense of obligation or loyalty or anything like that is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the only guy that he's played with that will concur. You know what I mean? But I, I don't want to. I'm not here to, to you know, just I'm telling the story. And right. this is, you know, this, you know, he can tell his story. I'm telling my story. You can sure. look at whatever, you know. But right. it, it is what it is. And, yeah. and, you know, I just present it as how it is. I call it duck to duck. And if somebody don't like it, well, you shouldn't have done it. Yeah, got gotcha. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, right, so you guys definitely did not come together as a band in a conventional way. So at this point, who comes up with the name? Where does Enough's Enough come from? Actually, that band, of that project with the old men, thought of it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we just kind of like, we were going to be the Capitals, and then we were this, and then we were that, and like, we said, you know, in the enough's enough thing, so we should, we, but it was the other spelling. It was like the, the literal spelling of enough. Is it yeah. is enough, enough is enough. You know what I mean? Um, E-N-O-U-G-H. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And, uh, and then I think the Z-N-U-F-F, which, you know, that was their twist on being clever. Or this right. I never was a very big fan of that name. I, I still am not a fan of that name. I wanted to be the Hollywood Squares. <laughs> yeah. But, I like that. Yeah, that's what I thought would have been a good name, the Hollywood Squares. And later on, I thought of more names. But then when, when it was... 
And the label wasn't fond of that name at first when we first signed with them either. And it's like, but we already, you know, people just get, you get a demoitis to it and you kind of, you know, it's like, you know, just like you think of it now, enough's enough, you know, it's right. like, it, it, it just goes with the, the characters and the songs and this and that's correlated now. And so that kind of happened as stigmatized early and, and like a lot of things that happened in the early formative years, mm. um, bad direction, bad guidance, bad advice. We were, and it was basically he and I versus the world, you know? And, but of course it was a lot more personal to me. He can never grasp this concept of, of why it's so much more personal to me because cause this really is my heart. And, you know, the things that he might think that he did or, you know, says that he did. Yeah, he was there. He, you know, he contributed a, a, you know, a baseline or this and that, or said, do this again. But the idea, the, the thing that came from thin air is me, you know, I did that, you know, and if he, if he came up with something, it was my job to take that one little part and, and create everything around it, you know, and it always has been. And so I take it all very, very personal. And, uh, you know, as that whole insecurity thing, you know, because I went from a, a scared little kid to center stage and the microphone, vocal, lead vocals. Right. So my crutch and tool became um, what I had discovered early on that, that kind of eased that was alcohol and drugs and shit like that, you know. And those things take on a life of its own because nobody sets out to be a piece of shit right. and cause destruction in their life and for everybody else's life that, that, that loves them and stuff like that. Nobody, that's not the intent. It's, the intent is to either feel good, have some kind of alteration, and don't feel like you know, you're operating well, just you know, the guy you are when you wake up in the, the morning or whatever. You know? so, so that's what's starting to happen. That was a little bit of the wedge. I started writing a whole lot more on my own because I didn't sleep. Right. So now I'm constantly writing the shit. And, you know, I wrote, uh, I would say, you know, safely, even when we were at the height of our collaborations and writing, which we did a lot in the very early days. And, and most of those songs, a lot of them didn't, never saw the light of day until he eventually decides to release them. I was uh, you know, say. now I'm no longer in a band like this clown's lounge right. and shit like that. And, and, uh, you know, that was something I really didn't have a choice in the matter. I was kind of, this is what you get. And so I, all, the only thing I had to say about it was I came up with a name for the record because it was, it was going to happen whether he did the deal already. I don't understand how he could do something like that. I don't understand how, how a label could. That's not protocol. You, The guy that wrote and sang everything is not signing anything. He's not in the discussion. He's not mm. in this and that. How do you use all that guy's shit without his permission? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um. See, but I wasn't in a very good place at the time to deal with it. I was in uh, drug treatment programs. I had gotten arrested. I got some old warrants caught up on me. And I was going through, you know, I was incarcerated for a little while and then got into this program. And it actually ended up saving my life. And it was a very big, useful and helpful thing that I needed for so long. Wow. Every, every aspect of it, the slowdown, the time, the no choice but to take the time for yourself. You know, I've never had the, afforded myself the opportunity and I watched my spirit move out of my body and I can see it. And that's my insight usually comes from hindsight In hindsight. You can always see things clearer, right. you know? And so I can look and see that that's what happened. Cause I dried up. I lost any joy. I lost any, I've always been kind of felt alone in my head through my, through most since I was a kid that never went away, you know? And, and I suffered greatly for, for that need for, comfort and it need for, for, uh, companionship and things like that. I've suffered in many ways with a band, with chip, with my, with the females in my life, with, uh, 
you know, just in general. And, and I've always put it all out there and I was always looking for love, looking for companionship or this and that, no matter it, at whatever cost, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like everything, it just was drying up. My heart was broken. It was another tragedy in my life was going down before my eyes. I won't go into, but it was, it was with the love of my life. And that was, my heart was breaking again. I had no songs, no inspiration. No, I did that white album thing, and that was cleaning out the closet and the basement and everything. And there's some good stuff. And on uh, that album. with with the with the intent of this is it. After I do this, I'm going to use up everything I got left, and then I'm going to probably die after this because I feel like I want to die and I'm not living. Mm. So that's basically what what it was at. About within six months later, I, I actually you know sort of indirectly tried to die, you know, and uh, that didn't, didn't roll that way. And because God has another other plans and which uh, that's a very key thing. And when you realize that, you know, it's there's I couldn't even kill me. And there are many, many times and I've been dead. And there's for some reason, all these all the guys are all dead. But for some reason, I'm not. And I was the most likely character to be, you know, Frigo. I, everyone thought Frigo would outlive me. Yeah. Well, he's been gone over 10 years right. or 11 years. I'm still going, and I was like, you know, I was, it was assumed that I would be one, you know, in like the 30 club around that age, and, mm-hmm. and then, I, you know, everything that I'd done would be worth more money, and I think Chip even banked on it, you know, I think oh. I was counting on that happening, and, and then uh, seized the opportunity, and my <laughs> poor brother, and this and that, before me, and I was yeah, I don't know, but I forgot to die, I was so high, I forgot to die, you know what I mean, and uh, mm. it kept going, and kept going, and kept going, and kept going, and and making more art, making put it, everything, investing every emotion, every sorrow, and every feeling, and everything I had that I did have into a message and the music and my art and everything else. Any other form of life does not exist in my life for a lot, many, many, many years. You know, right. and sure. um, and so it just got to a point now where everything was gone. And, and I look back now, and I look at pictures from this three-year span after I left the band finally again for the last time. Yeah. And uh, and I'm looking at pictures and looking, listening, and I didn't have any songs, no ideas, no joy. So I'm basically was an animal with no spirit, without that energy, with what of what made me who I am, but still with a human brain that retained the movie and the knowledge and the, the intelligence to know that everything was fucked up and nothing's right and this and that, but not to understand where the magic went, where the spark is, where's the energy cell, where's... You can see it in my, my face, my pictures, my, my hair, my body, the look on my face, my mouth, everything, my eyes. And it's apparent because even at my highest and this and that, and even my most destructive or whatever periods and stuff, I still could pull songs and things out of thin air, mm-hmm. way out there, way out there. To, you know, you need to take a plane to get this far out of the box as I go live and find my, with my butterfly net and, scr- and grabbing fucking ideas out of thin air and shit like that. I could always do that. And, and sometimes even more because I'm more, I've, I've tuned everything else is, doesn't exist in my life. So this is all there is. So there's nothing, it's very easy to focus mm-hmm. on that, what you're doing. And I can also, that's where all my, I'm venting my sorrow and my emotion. And I'm all singing and crying out. The intent of almost every one of them songs is to connect to somebody out there get this song recorded, get it, make sure it sounds fucking awesome. So it catches the ear of somebody out there to uh, be with me, you know, someone to love me or, you know, not just fuck me or this and that, but somebody to love me and help me figure out why I'm so fucked up. And, and you're not able to do that 
when you're all fucked because you're not able to receive anything if you do find it. Right. You know, it's not worth the, the work. I'm too lazy, I think. I'm too fucked up. And I, w- I would call it too fucked up. What it yeah. actually is, is there's a big element of lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of work, very unpleasant thing. And, uh, you know, actually working, you know, like like some guys go to work right. and do get up in the morning, go somewhere and do this. That's not a, hasn't played a big part in my life. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and that's another reason, you know, you, you gotta be a rock star. You know, you have to, have to go to work. I'm, I'm working right now. I'm working yeah. 24-7 on me. Dying nice. V. That's my job. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm Dying V. <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> I hear your boss is a real asshole, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> huh? So are you saying wow, that the legendary, the what all the fans think, the songwriting team of Chips Enough and Donnie V, I, you know, I even have said that before on the show. We talk about like the greatest songwriting teams of all time. I always throw Chip and Donnie in there. Are you telling me it's not really so much the way we think it is? It's not Lennon and McCartney, we'll put it that way. Okay. I would never even try to say that he wasn't vital and important, if nothing else, being by my side as I did what I did. But it's, it's not like people think there's just not that kind of percentage of, of where, you know, I, I wrote this and Donnie helped and then he wrote that and I helped. I would have to say, uh, I don't know, realistically... 80, 20, I mean, mm. you know, it's just, okay. I don't, and I'm not out to discredit or take right. anything away from him. I just, I'm just telling my story and, it, and I've lived the illusions of grandeur for way too long. And what is the point of that anymore for me? Nobody gives a fucking shit what I think about what, what's going on with all my, my years of blood, sweat and tears. You know, I mean, I, nobody fucking lived the hell and the sorrow and the pain and the motion that you hear in those songs, except me. Right. That's the one that lived it, and that's how I wrote them. And, you know, and it's not like I'm sitting on a pile of money. It's not like I'm sitting on a, on a ton of success and notoriety, but that's the thing that I did do, and that's the thing that you're going to take that too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. life is going to take that from me too. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm not so crazy about giving that away anymore. At least this is what I did, and I'm going to, and I feel like a, alive again. My spirit is come back into me. I didn't know exactly when it happened. I can't pinpoint it. Just one day I noticed it's just like, I'm back. It's back. And I just, I just embraced the thought and the idea and my energy, my, my soul and humped it like a puppy. (laughs) And like, I will never hurt you again. I will never hurt you again. I will never, I will. And I love hug and kiss you. And I love you so much. (laughs) And thank you so much for coming back to me. I will not fuck you up again. And I'm, and I aim to keep that promise. Because, uh, oh, my God, it's, it's worse than being dead, is living yeah, without yeah. your soul. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's worse than being dead. You don't even, you don't know what you are. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing anyone can do or say around you or anything that's going to make any difference in how you actually feel. And you're, you're just a, a zombie that's expected to still do this and that and is expected to still look like this and that. And, uh, and it's humiliating knowing that with the intellect still there, to know that you, you're just not that. And you're going around as an imposter of that and just feeding off the energy and the love back, thank God, from all of the wonderful, amazing fans through the years who really got it mm-hmm. and can see something terribly wrong, but love you so much that they're going to, you know, let you think they're overlooking it or they don't see it or right. whatever. And then they give the love back and the energy and, and that energy and sometimes in the performances would seep into me and fuel a little bit of the guy, 
But then as soon as that was over, it was gone. What I'm guilty of is not being in the state of mind to have the consistency to, uh, you know, because if you're going to call the shots and you're going to take over and you're going to start throwing your weight around because you know that what you're doing, what you think and what you believe is right. Yeah. You have to do that all the time. But you then you got to stand all the time. up you for can't it. You delegate too. everything to everybody else because you feel like fucking around this neck. You don't have your shit together. So that was my weakness. That was my downfall. I was too lazy. I was too much of a fuck up and content with, you know, just, all right, well, I read something and all of nothing. Then have to do all that work too, you know, and, and that's stupid. You can't say, hey, man, if I would have. I should have done this and beat yourself up and stuff because it's your story. Mm-hmm. We all live our stories and that is what it was. And that, you know, later on you see, well, I learned this from that and, and this happened because of that. And it's just, our, it's our story, you know, like Donnie B, you know, your crazy ass yeah. life has made you very, very wise. Well, you know, I'm not, I don't claim to be the guy to come to, to tell you what you should do, but I can definitely tell you I'm an expert PhD professor and what not to do. Has this conversation gotten crazy enough for you yet? It's definitely one of the one of the more interesting interviews we've ever done. Yeah, and I know we're just part way there, and we're just getting ramped up. So you guys are in for even more great stories. Donnie B, very cool of him to come on the show. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, really appreciate his time. It was great, and I'm looking forward to what he's got coming up next. Yeah. Now, before we get back into our wild conversation with Donnie B, I got to let you know there's all kinds of really cool DVDs available right now over at HK Collectibles Inc. This week, man, these got cool stuff like classic cartoons like Tom and Jerry and seasons of shows like Breaking Bad. And Elf. Television classics. Yeah, well, Elf for sure. Um, (laughs) And of course, as always, he's got those classic concert tickets and retro advertising suitable for framing. Head on over to decibelgeek.com right now. Click on that HK Collectibles Inc. banner right there at the top of the page and do your shopping. And while you're doing your shopping online, you know, of course, we want to always tell everybody, you know, there's a bunch of Donnie V albums out there. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of Enough's Enough albums out there. Go to Amazon. Pick yourself up some Enough's Enough. If you only know Enough's Enough from the first two albums... Oh, you're missing a lot. You're missing a whole lot. They got a long, stacked catalog mm-hmm. of amazing music. And Donnie V as well. A lot yeah, of his, his solo, solo stuff is yeah. available, and his solo stuff's really Great. good, too. You know, There's no reason, if you like Enough's Enough, not to like his solo stuff. Go buy it all. Support the artists. That's what we say around here. Keep rock and roll alive. Because if we don't help him support himself, then how can he make more music? And as we're going to find out, Donnie V's got some plans for some more music to come your way. So support them. Good way to do it? By going to decibelgeek.com, clicking on our Amazon banner. What it does is it takes you to Amazon. It looks exactly the same. You do your shopping in the exact same way. Everything's exactly the same. When you're done, you're going to pay what you decided you were going to pay for that item, not a penny more. And what Amazon does is they take a cut of their money on their end. So if you see something on there for let's say 9.99. Mm-hmm. When you pay for it, you're paying 9.99. Yeah. Amazon, they take that 10 bucks or whatever, they slice off a little piece for us. So you don't lose nothing. Amazon does, but they're happy to do it because why? They love us and they give us the list. Yeah, they give us the list of what you buy. No names, so every all the 
you know, names are removed to protect the guilty as hell. Anything naughty or perverted this week? No, you people disappoint me every week. Come on, buy some freaky stuff. Although, Come on, he just got out of know. the hospital. Give him something. Yeah, give me something to get me excited, you know. Jeez. Somebody buy a flashlight or something. I don't have Viagra or nothing. You got to do something for me, guy. <laughs> no, but uh, some of the interesting purchases in the last seven days on our Amazon link include uh, Kiss Behind the Mask, the official authorized biography. That's a great book. Right on. A lot of good, especially when they do the um, song by song breakdown between members and stuff on yeah, that. That's my favorite part. I of like that. Book. that. Uh, Ernie Ball, heavy assorted guitar picks, bags bag of twenty four, and uh, Dia Dario, nickel wound bass guitar strings. So, you got to have those heavy guitar picks. I love when musicians are, are buying stuff through our. our Me link. too. Uh, three different phone cases were bought. We saw a lot of phone cases through our link. That's really yeah? cool. Cool. Um, as you see with my phone screen, I should have bought one. Um, <laughs> uh, on DVD, Rush R40 Live Blu-ray was bought. So uh, you know that right that on. makes sense. That's good. We moved some Rush products. See, it works. Uh, other movies, After Hours, which I don't remember what that is. Sounds like a softcore porn movie. Hmm. So maybe you didn't disappoint me. <laughs> this one's for you, Chris. Yeah, and then uh, the response to that, Baby Boom, and uh, Hello Again, and then The Last American Virgin was bought. Did you ever see The Last American Virgin? I think so. From the early 80s. A long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and see, now if somebody buys a DVD of Cold Sweat, you're going to be all excited. Yeah. Shannon Tweed, softcore oh, yeah. porn. Somebody. Although, yeah, well, yeah. Mm. And in music, uh, Black Sabbath Dehumanizer was purchased. Yes. Killer... That's, that's a highly underrated album. Oh, it's a great album. Killer B, Eye in the Sky, that was my, one of my top uh-huh. albums from last year. Blue Cheer, Vincibus Eruptum was bought. Hey, I've been listening to some Blue Cheer. Yeah. I really kind of introduced myself to that heavy. band here in the last couple of weeks. I love it. Yeah, Forerunners of Heavy Metal. Yeah, I never knew I loved Blue Cheer, but I do. A cover of Iron Maiden's Wasted Years by Dee Snider, George Lynch, Bob Kulick, Jeff Pilson, and Jason Bonham. That's a band right there. Uh, Accept's new single, The Rise of Chaos, from the next uh, album. Oh, yeah. New Accept music I'm coming our way. A couple of Tom Petty albums, uh, You're Gonna Get It, and Live Anthology. That's a four-CD set. Wow, nice. I was given the Live Anthology for free one night for doing a good deed. Really? Yeah. We, me and this other guy were, were in a... Uh, I was parked outside the parking lot, and he was parked in the parking lot, but they had already put the, the rope up, and this guy got his car locked in. Yeah. So I moved a construction barrel on top of the rope, and he was able to drive over it. And he's like, well, let me give you something. I'll give you, I don't have any cash on me. I'm like, you don't have to give me anything, man. He's like, you like Tom Petty? I'm like, yeah. He's like, he throws it to me, and he gives me the Tom Petty 4 CD. <laughs> it's like, nice. okay, thanks. That's cool. So that's cool. Uh, also bought Jet Boy Feel the Shake. Oh, that's a good one. Doc and Beast from the East, and uh, the heaviest purchase of the week, Fleetwood Mac self-titled album. That's still a good record. Yeah, it's it is Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, that's what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. We appreciate everybody Absolutely. who does any kind of shop, and it doesn't have to be even rock and roll. It can be anything. We appreciate it when you buy the bands that we support here on Decibel Geek Podcast. Because, like I said, we're just trying to keep the music alive. Mm-hmm. So, are you ready for more? More with Donnie B. something i've always wondered when you guys are put together the way you are and you come up when you've decided on the name enough is enough and w- is that at the point then does chip come to you and say hey man i'm gonna be chip is enough what do you think of that does that seem weird at the time <laughs> so uh 
so it's it's kind of obvious and apparent to me that okay, so seeing as how I'm not the leader because I'm the kid. Mm-hmm. The leader is the guy that's leading the way. He's driving the minibike. He's uh, say, getting light. He knows everybody. He's a pro. He's this and that. As long as he's playing with me, it will sound good, even though I can't really play guitar. I'm getting drumsticks thrown at the back of my head at rehearsals and stuff. Like People are so aggravated. I can't even tune one. Mm-hmm. But you're, um, you know, I still was the guy. But you know, he's the leader. And uh, you know, so it's, it's like apparent to me, okay, well, it looks like enough's enough it is. I don't really like it but i like uh being in it right so and, and it's in the name is starting to take on a life and this and that and and at that time chip had uh you see he had no last name his, his, his real last name is uh is Rabarski, and he's not going to go with that and i wouldn't i'm not going to have that either but it would probably would have been better but like for me he's teetering back and forth from chip gregory to Chip St. Chocolate. Okay. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he's leaning towards St. Chocolate. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. We had, no. It's like, it's thinking of names and we're, we went to go get a gyro. We had kind of had an argument after rehearsal. We went to go get a gyro at Dillinger's Gyro's over in Canada Park by his house. I was going to take him home. And uh, cause I was driving then his take him home. And it's like, well, what's your name going to be? You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, it's, I've been Donnie V since I was a kid. There was four Donnies in my, in my crowd. You know, it's Don, fat Donnie Marchbanks. There's Donnie Hollinger. There's a uh, other Donnie uh, and, and then Don Rose and, and Donnie with Vandeveld. No one can pronounce or say right. So Donnie V, right? So that's been me forever. So I just put a I and E on there instead of going EE because it's, that's just uh, too simple. Nobody could mispronounce that or get that wrong. Donnie Vi and all this and that that I've had to deal with. Yeah. So, you know, more uh, shortcut to thinking. Funny. So basically everything, but he's, he's like, you know, chips ain't chocolate. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like that because he used to call himself Dr. Chocolate because he has a black penis. Uh, he has like a black man's penis. Oh. He has a, he has dark around the edges, Chip. And so he's always been, he's never, he's never hided this fact from me, but this is public knowledge that Chip's got the, the, the love doctor with the big doctor chocolate. And wow. he used to have this character that he would do it. There's a doc, the doctor's here. Hey, you know, doctor chocolate's here with the, he goes, and he, he always, he, he had no problem whipping it out and showing you too. And then oh, that was, that was very new to me too. That whole thing of, <laughs> of, you know, just, Hey, you know, to, you know, ripping his leather pants, his balls are hanging. I go, dude, I'm like, I'm not trying not to look at, Oh yeah, it's my balls. Just pull, pull the balls up uh, over, you know, this and that. It's like, Oh my goodness. You know, so here I couldn't change in front of people in gyms. So I'm failing gyms. I'm wearing my gym shorts over my fucking jeans. Shit, here's this guy. He's got, he's just drop trial. And just, just, put, you know, I got a hernia operation the other day. Check this out. They shaved the whole, and there it is. This big old fucking black dick hanging there swinging. He goes, it's like a big black baby dick, you know, and everybody's looking at him. I never so, you know, expected some of that, to learn this much about this is, Now, I'm in my formative years. Right, so this is this is all this is all happening. This is this is what's creating Donnie V. You know, wow. it's, it's this kind of shit. <laughs> you know, so uh, so here's the here's the story. So they were enough enough, and this and that. And I go, and I don't know where it just came. Kiss came to my head, like all the songs doing other ideas. It was like, watch this be chips enough. Oh wow! And he and he and he goes, and I, he looks at me. He goes. Chips enough? I go, well, yeah, just chip stuff. Where enough's enough, you can be chips enough. Oh. There you go. That works perfect for you because then everybody thinks that, you know, you're the leader of the band and this and that. And, you know, so I'll write the songs, I'll sing everything. You can be chips enough. And then, you know, I don't have to worry about you trying to steal the show from me all the fucking time with all your crazy shit because you're chips enough, you know? Stupid fucking me. 
stupid me. He's like, he's whispering to himself. He's the whole rest of the round. Chips and off. Chips and off. Chips and off here. Chips and off. He's like all these different things. He's, you know, his different presentation yeah. uh, statements of it. There's chips and off here. Hey, how you doing? I'm chips and off. This and that, all the self and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> what have I you know, created? Like, all of a sudden, I pull up to his house. He looks at me. He goes, I'm Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> I go, oh, no. Yes, you are. Oh. <laughs> and, I, and I did it. Oh, no. But you didn't want to be but Donnie's enough? Your, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I want to be Donnie's enough when I got a cool-ass name like Donnie V? Well, and yeah. a fucking, you know, the cute little fucking 18, 19-year-old kid cool. that doesn't need the buffoonery. We'll just put it this way. It's like... I got a lot more chicks than Chips Enough got in, through the history of the band, and, I, and that wasn't even my thing. I was never been a whore. That was Derek and Vic's thing. I was a drug addict. I wasn't the one that was, uh, you know, to my, my ex-girlfriend, we were having this conversation of uh, how many, you know, past lovers she's had. All right, um, okay, well, at maximum six thing, including everything. Okay, well, chicks lie. So I it would say <laughs> under 10, right? Right, no yeah. Because if they give you a six, 10. Sure. You know, I mean, you just, you just know how that, you know, how to do chick math. You know, you just pack <laughs> up for age, this and that, everything else they do. You know, there's no sense of lies. There's lies. They can just do that because they're chicks and they get to do that mm-hmm. when they're young. And then comes the question. So, you know, because I've always told her, I've never been the whore of the band. You know, it's like, no, baby. It's like, oh, you've just been with you slept with every. No, I really didn't. And as far as I can think of and remember the way I remember it, no, I really didn't. You know, it's like, there's so many nights that I didn't and shit like that. But she's like, all right, well, what do you think? And I'm sitting there. <laughs> doing the math in my head how many years this is theoretically on a day that you're going to do that you can do like realistically four or five in the course of the day because there's one here when you you get off the bus when you get somewhere there's some bunch there you can get one of those and that's, you just woke up you get your morning wood you get rid of that then you got uh, sound check somebody wants to come in with you to sound check you got that one you got to lose that one before you go back to you take that back to the bus after sound check now get rid of this one because we're getting back back to the hotel and then you get one at the hotel that's going to be your one for the night that's going to lay out your clothes and help you get dressed and you know and uh, all that wow. kind of shit and take care of feeding you and this and that all that bullshit and walk in with you and then that one gets is, is you know he's not allowed backstage after show so you can leave another one and uh, you know it's like I'm doing the math I'm thinking I said and I'm, I said it with a smile on my face and proud of myself when I thought about it through the course of 20 years I'd say safely for sure, guaranteed, no doubt about it, under 4,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I've had under 4,000. Right. <laughs> 4, and I'm thinking, you know, if you do the math, what the, what the possibility is in 4,000, that's, that's pretty nothing. good. Yeah, that's pretty that's good. That's nothing. I'm, I, you got a good, you, I'm the good one. I'm the one you wanted. I'm the cleaner one. Don't we go? 25,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? Easy. 25,000 easy. And he lived, and he just died 11 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ricky Parent? Oh, shit. That Ricky Parent, man, was, I don't even go into town because God rest his soul. Yeah. That guy was stick his dick in a glory hole after fucking 20 beers. I'm telling you, man, we, I had to pull him out of the mud before in the bushes and shit. It just didn't even matter. He's same clothes he's going to wear the whole fucking tour. Wake up in them all hung over like, oh, what did I do? You know, the dirty fucking rubbers and shit fall out of his bunk and I was so he's still in his changing into his jammies then in the morning to go back to sleep and oh poor Ricky Perrin he's I caught pulling me you know if there's nothing there's nothing we're, we're here in the middle of town everyone's gone 
Ricky's still standing there looking up and down the sidewalk, eyeballing the bag lady. I think Warren, no. Then no, Ricky. No. You know, he's just like standing there like, no, Rick. Come on, Rick. And then arguing and mad at you. You know, he's got to go in. He's like, you know what? We'll hit that, you know. It's like, come on, Rick. (laughs) But in any case, you know, this topic, oh, yeah, the chicks and stuff like that. Because I would usually... You know, there'd be the whores and the groupies and the this and the that. Then there's the one that comes with them that is the one that looks out for everybody and, and is the one that's supposed to charge of taking everybody home and making yeah. sure everybody gets out of hand or, or gets sloppy and fucks the drummer or somebody like that, you know, which they never succeed much at and they end up just sitting there in the front lounge of the bus waiting for everybody to be done with their thing and stuff like that. Those are the chicks somehow that I end up with because I'm just finishing up when I'm partying or this and that and I'm like, ah, shit, I got nothing to do. And I go, I'll go sit up there. Hey, how you doing? I start talking and then, and you know, and I kind of got a brain and you know, and it was more interesting because I wasn't drooling all over everybody and her all night long. This I'm just talking to her, you know, and, and really don't give a fuck about her. And next thing you know, this chick's in love with me, you know? <laughs> so you come back to the town and that's your girlfriend when you're tiny. If, if, if you know, there's nothing you can do about it. That chick's going to be there, lets you go out of your way to make sure that she's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, really, the, I never thought I was very good looking. I thought I, I was very insecure. I thought I was basically the, the guy with the least looks in the band. Really did. Hmm. And I look back now, I'm like, dude, you're a cute-ass little motherfucking kid. I wish, <laughs> good thing you didn't know that then, you know? And it's probably would change a lot of shit. But, you know, but that's my agenda's you know, never been that. I still don't, you know, I don't, I mean, I do all right, you know, but, uh, that's not what it's all about for me, you know, except at the times when that's what it's all about for me, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm an artist. Hmm. Well, I have a job to do. Let me ask you a little bit on the subject of image. So obviously the, the my first exposure as a lot of people's was, was the new thing video. Um, which, mm-hmm. you know, you guys had a very over-the-top, glammy image. Yeah. So, I mean, was that in play before the video, or was that it was kind of a last-minute decision to go that far over the top with it? Chip and I weren't glam. Mm-hmm. You know, the closest thing to makeup, Chip never even really wore a little bit of lipstick yeah. in, his, in his shades, you know? Mm-hmm. He never wore more makeup or anything, and I didn't either. I was just cute, you know? But, you know, then when the Vic and Derek and those guys started coming in, then they started... You know, I wasn't into the whole poison scene or any of that shit. I like Van Halen yeah. and stuff like that, my arena rock and shit. But these guys aren't wearing makeup and all this and that. And if you look at some of those early shows, the closest scene, you know, maybe a little bit of hairsprayer here and there was once Vicky Fox comes into the picture. Yeah. And you stand, you got to go on stage next to that dude who looks <laughs> like fa- the runt of Fabio litter. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, there he is with his ca- two caboodles full yeah. of fucking just, uh, you know, one the trunk with his hair products and then another one for... You know, all the machines that make his hair do what it does, and then then there's two of fucking Stanley toolboxes on wheels with makeup in every one of them. It's like there's a thing for everything, and he's got it, and he, he had his shit, and he knows what he's doing. And I'll be damned if the guy even going to get the fucking coffee in the morning at Seven Eleven didn't have he had to look for that too. Wow. You know, this is my calling to get the coffee look. You know, and and even his scruff thing, he knew how to work that and shit. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to do something. So I, I mean, tube of lipstick and a sharpie. Yeah, that was my makeup kit. Yeah. A Sharpie 
because on the eyes, I didn't have to, I pushed a little bit, and I wouldn't have to do it every day because that shit don't wear off. You know what I mean? So, so, and it looked better, it looked better after a couple showers because it's not as dark and it's not as faded. You can't tell it's Sharpie. So, wow. you know, then it's That's starting funny. to look like, you know, I got, you know, like your eyes are, they have lines. You know, his, is, his are now tattooed on, mm. you know, but that was, that's crazy. And a red lipstick, and, and what color? If you're gonna go with lipstick, what color? What better color? You know, what's the most obvious choice for for a white trash idiot that doesn't know anything? Bright red. <laughs> you know, yeah. what's the most? What's gonna? Who's gonna? What are you gonna notice the most? I guess we'll go bright red. So yeah. there's my glam. Yeah. yeah. Now we go into uh, now with Derek with the hair extensions and the the big building on his fucking head and all this and that. And there was nothing we can do about it, and it was understandable because we would take that over. The alternative would have, which would have been, he didn't have a he didn't have a lot of hair on the top of his head. He was he, so I mean you can look at when he was fifteen on a Le Mans record. Yeah. He was fifteen then or something like that, and he already you know. Yeah. And uh, he looked like his father, and his father was Chrome Dome and uh, and the the big nose, and Derek had the he got the nose job, but Derek was very very attractive, and when he put that big hair and stuff, but he focused spent way too much. Oh my God, the stress and anxiety and the shit that. Derek went through just because of his insecurity with the hair, with mm. that big, and, and, and it's like, what's the best way to, to make somebody not notice that, that you have no hair and this is, this is not real hair? Is it get the biggest, Guinness Book of World Records, pile of hair on top of your head, the things are carp and carpeting, you know, like a, the most plush you could get, like G.I. Joe, you know, it's like right. velvet. His head would be velvet if that was his hair. And it's a building and it's standing and, like I got a picture of him. I made him stand next to those guards outside Buckingham Palace once we were there, <laughs> and I had him stand next to that thing. And you see, and those guards aren't supposed to fucking make any expression of this and that. There's three. The first three next to him are laughing their asses oh, off yeah. in that picture. And I wish I had that picture still because wow, that's the days before funny. you could walk, download it onto somebody. It's so funny. I go, Derek, stand next to this guy. I'm like, looking at Derek. You look like fuck you. I go, dude, stand next to. I'll show you. You know, it's like you had to wait for the film to be developed. And every time you get the new thing, it came down a little bit through the years, a little bit at a time. Because when we first came out, right before a new thing and all that shit, if you look at this show, there's a show on uh, the, uh, the Metro or something like that. There's a video on YouTube. That show, his hair is so big and wide. It's like, I'd say like it stands out a foot and a half wow. to each side and like, and like a foot and a half tall. And I'm like, what the fuck? He just looked up. That's yeah, some Benny Benson shit right there, huh? Looking up, <laughs> like, looking at the John Hancock building. Right. And the longer he'd have before showtime or a picture or a photo session or some shit like that, that, that you leave Derek standing there, you know, he'd be in the mirror with the, the fucking is just be getting bigger and bigger. I'm like, Derek, come on, man. What the fuck are you doing, Jagoff? Come on, bring... Like, it's ridiculous. And he's like, fuck you, dudes. You got... You're the base city rollers without me. I'm fucking... Blah, blah, blah. I was, what the fuck, dude? You know, and then the next time, a year later, he'd be like tearing up all the posters and pictures we'd be using. He's like, "Why did you let me do that?" He's like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> There's nothing we could do about anything. Why did you? So it got smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally, by the time he died, he had something that made sense and and uh, was realistic. If he just would have done that, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Jeez. But uh, so there's your glam. Yeah, there's your glam. Times. Everybody perceived it as glam. They see Vic Fox. They see that. They see Chip and I. Chip with his gla- sunglasses. Hair stands straight up and, right. and and the hats and this and that and with a little bit of lipstick on. And that was flam. But it's not. It's just flamboyant. We're just flamboyant fucking cross between clown 
an entertainer, you know, <laughs> and shit like that. They, you know, it's a, and with the clothes, you know, whatever, we get a costume store, whatever the fuck, yeah. you know, I'm wearing band jacket, he's wearing what this goofy shit. We had no, we're white trash idiots. So it's no clue well, of what the fuck, because look at what's going on around us. Yeah. Look what every, all of our friends are doing. Look what everybody that's telling us we're so cool, what they do, yeah. everybody else in shit. So it's like, I guess this is what we're supposed to do. And the guys in our band do this. So I guess this is it. And, and yeah, I guess the chicks dig this or whatever. And, and so, but there's nobody there saying, don't do that. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't do that. Cause that's going to, that's about to be done. And you're going to go out and instead of being the first guys on the new thing, mm-hmm. no pun intended, right. we're the last guys on, on that thing. thing. And there we go with the rest of them. And the glam hair metal band enough's enough from the 80s, which is absolutely the farthest thing, oh, yeah. the yeah. worst description you could put on, on what actually this my band was. Damn straight. I that, agree. 100%. That was a very short, brief period of time that all that shit was, yeah. was one record. By strength, we were not doing any of that. And that second record, that makeup was gone. Yeah. Vic was just very handsome. Vic to this day will apply his shit like, like a woman. Yeah. You know, just says, says women won't, won't leave the house without makeup and shit like Vic will not. Yeah. I don't know why, because he's such <laughs> a great looking dude. I don't know why he's got to get face thick. And she still looks like he did, but, you know, it's kind of kind of getting a little Chinese looking a little, you know. But, <laughs> you know, that's. That's his thing, and and you know I still if I see him I'll still be honored to stand next to his fine ass. You know what I mean? It's just it's ridiculous. You have no idea even why. So, but you know that's where that happened, and and then we go into and the label is like, well, that's what they're doing. Well, let's do it like you know let's go get, let's go day glow. So it's the very first video ever, yeah. but Ralph Zeman and them that, that uh, where there's paint box day glow colors and shit added to the film. So they're doing the lighting. They're using the day glow color to say, let's make this the brightest thing. So when it comes on MTV, it lights up the room more than anything else there. It and did. then, you, then, mm-hmm. and with the song with new thing yep. and that, and that, and lighting up the room is bam, attention. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We got their attention and let's get Paul Starr, the makeup artist who did boy George. Mm. <laughs> oh. Okay. So there, here we are getting in the chair with Paul Starr. Each guy gets up from his Paul Star job. I go look in the mirror. I go, oh, my God. <laughs> I am so beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. And Chip, like, look at me. I look, a, I look like a model. Like, wow. like, we've never been those guys. You know, Frigo's you know, kind of used to be. Like, we're looking at him like, we're looking at each other like, Look at you! <laughs> We're all like that. Oh, and then the lighting and everything—it's like, you know. And, and, and then we see the video, and it comes out. Look at me! And it freezes at the end on each of us, and so like, oh my god, I'm the last one. We got it. I'm so, you know, I'd fuck me. <laughs> and, shit like that. So, and then, then comes Fly High Michelle, where where you know it's just they show the big clothes rack of shit, and it's so unprepared to this and they had another makeup job, but so. What are you doing? You know, all these things there. Wear everything at one time. Right. <laughs> Where's a bare purple Beatles band jacket? I'll wear that. What, what, what else you got? I got these pants, that shirt, this and that. Put the tie, the fucking shades, the headband, everything. I put it all on. <laughs> so I did. You know, by the way, you just bought all that shit. You, you, you know, because you put your cigarette out in the coat pocket and this and that. So, you know, that's, by the way, that's $5,000. You know, that's it. That code you just put your cigarette out and put the joint in the pocket, that's 5000 and this and that, and you just bought, oh, whatever. 
or you can still survive and, and even take over, you know, the, a better job and stuff like that. So the people that are going to push us and got us big, you got us huge and every out there and everything, we're now the opposite. Mm-hmm. We were made aware of that, which was right after uh, Fly High Michelle. Yeah. Strength was just the next ballad that was going to be I Can Never Be Without You, and it was going to be the summer ballad, and it was probably going to go to number one. Yeah. And we had that video and ideas and everything, and we were on the road, and we are touring with uh, Forget Who, getting ready to go out with Motley Crue stuff and shit like that, and, and all of a sudden, I just I remember getting the news on the bus, like, hey, guys, uh, the next single's not, you know, we're not doing it. We're not shooting. What? what do you mean we're not shooting a video? We got all this shit going. He goes, no, none of that's happening either. What are you yeah. talking about? He goes, I don't know what's going on. Just something's going on. It's uh, We've been told that uh, this record's dead, and oh. it's time to uh, write and record a new one. Like, write and record a new one? There's all this shit left. There's, we're on the road. We're huge. We, look, we just walked out of this sold-out venue and, and signed autographs for two hours. How are we, How are we? as this done and over? It's on MTV. All the, no, guys, it's, this is, there's something going on. And so, you know, it's like, so now you're being told, uh, all right, you're going to record a new album. And it's and all you got is now you're living on hope and experience and there's a lot of heartbreak and there's a lot of shit going but there's the new uh, you know because the first record is your greatest hits from everything you've written up until that time sure. and then usually and then and then half of it gets written at that time and uh, but then the next record is where you kind of uh, found your niche or your identity right now we're now it's time to evolve and. And show what we're really about, and that's I think we did that. Uh, so it was about making the music. There still was we still were getting paid. We're still making money. We're still going to go out and play. There's just the hope that this isn't true. This is too ridiculously disastrous and catastrophic, and and it doesn't make any sense to do something like that and put us on no matter. We're in an eight record, thirteen million dollar contract with Echo, right? Yeah. That we signed. So oh. why would somebody throw us put, to put our next record when it's apparent that anyone who hears it is, is, is just falls in love with the, the music and the band and stuff? And you put us on tour with anybody. We were on tour with Mr. Big or, or Badlands and shit. We walk on to the middle finger as far as the eye can see. But by the end of the show, when it's, you sweat it all and your lipstick and Sharpie off and you're just standing there with no shirt on, a pair of leather pants or something, playing rock and tunes, kicking the fucking shit, making, even the bands are swatching every show. It's like, it's a whole different thing. It's like, there's no way yeah. that we're done. Right. There's no fucking way we're done. And, uh, well, you know, and then the voice of reality, Bob, we're going, you know, guys, I think, uh, I think we're going to be making a record and I think it's going to, we're, you know, we're going to hope for the best or they're not, they're not saying that this is going to happen really, but it's, you know, kind of, it's kind of smelling like this and all right, well, what's real? We got the budget still. We got a half a million dollars to go make a record. Let's go to LA. And let's, uh, you know, make a record. And then we, you know, and you forget all about that because you're hanging around at the Oakwoods and by the pool with all the rock stars and everything. And you're going into the studio and you got the chicks and you're partying and the songs are coming out great. And you got a producer and you're in the top studio. You start forgetting all right, this. That can't be happening. That's not realistic. We're, we're rock stars and we're kicking fucking ass and we're, and we're living like rock stars. So how the fuck are we nobody? You know, that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. So you, you come out with an album like Strength. It goes, it gets released, it comes out. The first fucking release on it, we decided to go with a whole different thing. Let's, let's get, let's, let's trying so hard though, a conscious effort on the label's part to uh, eliminate the glam day glow fun thing to go with a black and whitish type played down video. Of, it's, it's the most stupidest, ridiculous video and I've ever seen of ours. That mother's eyes video. You got guys rumbling, dancing, and this and the eyes. Some woman, some old woman that's paid 
more than I'm making to stand there with that look on her face because she's worried and concerned her son's got a gun and shit like that. And it's like, what the fuck is this? And it's Jonathan Demi, the guy from Silence of Lambs or whatever, is just shooting this. We're in a fucking factory where there's people grinding knives and metal and shit on machines and shit behind us. Like, Derek's freaking out about his sparks hitting his hair. (laughs) All he cared about was the fucking, he goes, dude, he goes, I don't like this. The whole time he's so fucking paranoid. It's like, dude, there's sparks flying everywhere. My, my fucking dude, he's always been worried about that. And like, you know, and then he has to stand up on the top of the thing and the sparks are coming. And I'd be damned if he almost didn't catch that fire with all that knock on that and shit. But, but, you know, it's like, and I'm looking at myself and I'm like, that's fucking lame. Yeah. That fucking thing is lame. So, so the next, so it went out and it did all right on rock radio. Cause we had like a, we went, once we were out and out on tour, and and got the keys, or, or you know, and were introduced and set up to go into all the radio stations. It didn't matter who was calling to get us played and stuff. We made best friends with everybody because people loved us. We brought our guitars all the time. We brought and we used to come in. We just play. We'll sing and play. We'll do our. We'll do as many songs as you want right. to everybody and everybody who we play who's radio station. You're coming hanging out tonight. We're getting you laid and we're gonna hang out and it's gonna be fun and we're bros. But we acquired an army of radio enough to uh, still exist mm-hmm. without anything else. You know, it's kind of like the uh, a premature kind of a caveman version of uh, social media. You know, physically going everywhere right. sure. and, and connecting and acquiring, keeping the, you know, the, the relationships. And when you come back, call and make a phone call. Yeah, come on down to the station. We're on right now. We bring the guitars and go right back on and play the yeah. show and you know, and it's all good. And it's, it, Making good impressions. After Mother's Eyes, that, that actually did pretty well on the radio, and, and I hated it. I didn't want to sing. I didn't like playing it. I didn't even like I thought it felt like hokey. It's very too high for me to really sing comfortably. I just, it's like mm-hmm. it's never been one of my favorite songs. I don't know why that got chosen. This snap. But in any case, Baby Loves You was next up. Baby mm-hmm. Loves You wasn't even on the strength record originally. That one and uh, Time to Let You Go were two last-minute additions. Um, mm-hmm. Time to Let You Go, I wrote The Last Day of the first day of mixing, I came in with that. I was in the shower and it just came to me the whole song, just like it is. And I just brought it to Paul Lanny and showed it to him. And we we're already tore everything down the mics and everything. And the board's all set up now for mixing. Well, it got all set right back up. He goes, no, we got this one on there Wow! and tracked it a whole different way. Tracked it like the old days. Like I right, look, I get a manual on how the, how the Beatles set their shit up and stuff like, so we actually kind of went for it like that mm-hmm. and, um, cut it pretty quick. And then baby loves you. We had and and, we're always like, you know, Baby Loves You. Fans, you know, I always thought it was pretty simple, pretty basic. There wasn't a whole lot of substance to Baby Loves You, but every time we played it, and we've had it since very early days, we had it even before Derek was in the band and shit like that. We had Baby Loves You, and, mm-hmm. and every time we play it, you know, people loved it. And it was easy to sing, and it's just three-chord rock bullshit. You know, it's like, so Baby Loves You. It's like, Derek, you know, this record, because Take Baby Loves You, Time to Let You Go, off that record, it's a very different record with very different vibe of darker. Yeah. And um, there is no arena rock song there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's like you can't go from one extreme to the other. So, all right, so we took off. What did we take off of there? We took something. Oh, there was a song called Let It Go, which was going to be the first single. Oh, wow. Down, 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 down. That down. ended yeah, up on 1985. Like commercial. And uh, that was going to be the first single. And that went from being the first single to off the record. To wow. Hmm. Let and and heaven or hell wasn't on there either. There was no heaven or hell wasn't even written. Really, as with the record was, 
as the record was being completed. And, uh, and I remember thinking and kind of talking to, uh, Derek Shulman, the president and talking to the bands, like, you know, we need, uh, we need something that's a little more straight ahead, pop up tempo pop, you know, mm. you know, kind of like losing or, or something like that. That's, that's, you know, kind of got our niche a little bit, you know, and there's, there really isn't anything on here like that. So, so that night I, I, we, I went back to, we flew back to Chicago to get ready to do something else. And I wrote it that night and uh, tracked it on the eight track demo machine. And the very neck and sent it to Clive and, and Clive's like, that's it. It's perfect version we did in the studio he said it's too polished and didn't have the moodiness of the of the demo so that's a demo with Vic playing drums on it and polishing the turd of fine-tuning it right by your side and the same thing happened to Innocence those are eight-track demos with drums on them and uh, somebody polishing everything up shining it all up it's original vocal for a singing through like a a drum mic or whatever the fuck I used to use on this eight-track reel-to-reel machine just a, a Tascam Porta studio, eight track thing, but real, real thing. Those are what you hear there, you know. And wow. the same thing with Heaven or Hell. It was on that same machine, and and we went there and said, "Yeah, it's cool. It's got that riff." I came, I came with that group down, 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 down. And then when everybody kicked into it, it was very easy to learn. It was very, and it just, you know, and the band was very good at. Uh, we could write songs on stage. We really yeah. could. We could. Everybody was pretty, pretty much good. You know, Vic was. Chip could direct Vic very, Chip kept Vic very simple. Chip would always be like the drum machine, like the demo. You know, Chip, <laughs> Chip Vic would try to want to go off and do some things. He has some personality and some character, which I always thought I wished he would have got to do. And Chip, come uh-huh. on, simple, simplify, come on. Cha, do, cha, do, cha. You know, so, and that's, that's not Vic's fault. You know, later he did the Vince Neil record. He went, he was going crazy. He's fucking yeah, monstrous drummer on there. awesome like, on you know, that why didn't you do that on Because you guys wouldn't let me. I go, what's it me? What's me? You know, once again. It would have been but, nice um, to cut them loose. Yeah, well, Motley Crue was, the, was John Lennon and Paul McCartney to Vic Fox. You know what I mean? Yeah, and as a drummer, so Tommy he Lee. Got, he hell. got his shot to go play with Paul McCartney. You know, and, and, and he didn't have a whole lot of incentive as of, because uh, we did a strength record and put it together. All right, there's a release, Mother's Eyes. We did okay radio and stuff. We're out on the road, like Badlands or something. Now we're going out on tour with Nelson. Yeah. Okay. Of all people, Nelson. Okay, but it's an arena tour. They got a huge hit. So it's going to be now our crowd is going to be, again, 16, 17-year-old little girls. Right. Okay, so all right, we, we need something. All right, we're going back to our original uh, uh, video videographer and, and directors. We're going back to Ralph Zeman and Benji Howell. We did Fire Michelle, a new thing, and we're going back to that. So, Baby Loves You. Great fucking video for the time. No, there's not the makeup and shit. It's just, yeah. it's just cool video. I'm, I'm, now I'm on the Rickenbacker guitar. My threads are kind of a little ethnically challenged. I'd say it was that, that word for <laughs> when your name has a ski at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, you know, you know, like, well, you know this, this is bright. This looks cool. This matches. You know, it's a, I got an American flag shirt and American flag pants. Oh, there's my suit. All right, I'm ready. You know, no underwear and uh, no shoes. <laughs> Here we go, the Rickenbacker, and just put the glasses on. There you go. It's up, Donnie V and plus a little tequila, yeah. and keep them falling off the stage. And it's cool. And the light, but the Van Halen crew light show that brought in and the Peace Sign stage built and all this and that. I was like, yeah, this is this is arena rock looking fucking huge thing. And and it, that's, yeah, Ralph Zeman, Benji Howell. Man, video hits. Fucking rug gets pulled as the video hits and starts to take off in the song, it's all the juice and the plug gets pulled completely 
to the point of, guys, this record's done. Damn. Guys still there? Yeah, we're here. Fucking piss put the, you put the phone down. You guys are playing Monopoly or eating dinner <laughs> or something. Put the, this guy never shuts the fuck up. Let's put the phone down. It's, 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 he's, done, he's doing the job for us. You didn't have right. To ask shit. That's good. That's the way you know, we like finally, it. <laughs> just where we don't hear anything anymore. No, we're just mm-hmm. we're trying not to talk over you. <laughs> right, man. You got so many great stories to no, tell. You, okay. know. you know what? You know what? Rome wasn't built in a day. I, be- I do believe we've hit our quota in the time, and I, I have done my time and uh, yes. what you're paying me to do. Yeah, I it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all worth it, man. Donnie, man, I gotta say, you're huh? you're sounding fucking fantastic, man. It's really great to have Donnie V back. That's how I feel, man. You you're sounding good. You you're telling great ain't stories. It? You know, this is the ain't Donnie it? V that ain't we want, right? Yes, right? it is. It's so fucking. It's good to be to have Donnie V back. I concur into this this body, you know, because it sure as a hell ain't is not a nice thing to not have Donnie V in this body and be still walking around doing shit. <laughs> it's just that, that's what was going down, right? And it's like, uh, dude, it, my I fucking look ten years younger than I did. And fucking I, my vibe is all happening. I was curious if I was if I could write songs not on shit. Let me say, you're absolutely right. I'm looking to the sky saying thank you. It's it's cool to be me again, and uh, and I get it this time and. I do believe that this is all for some reason it gives me hope and fulfillment and I'm not looking for the top of the mountain like I was and I'm stopping to live each day and, and like the beauty of that's why this that's why this interview was just a pleasure and a joy for me because that's what it's all about is, is live in this moment and, and be authentic and give what you in your spirit and your energy and everything and, and appreciate what what you have all what you have right now and do the best way you can and wait in tomorrow, see what bring tomorrow brings because of the good things of today and go with the current and, uh, and not be focusing on what you don't have and what's going wrong and where you're trying to get to. And all this and that, cause that shit doesn't, isn't, a, it's not what it's about. I love it's it. It's not about that. It's not about all the money. It's not about all the fame. It's, it's about your story. You're doing your living your story and you've got to do your job like you're meant to do it. And you're supposed to do it. I'm tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired and, and lonely and sad. And I'm not anymore. And, and it's the first time I, from before I got in the band, like uh, emotionally and uh, learning to cope with my issues and uh, my weaknesses and my strength and turn my weaknesses into strength by spin, putting a spin on them and evaluating them and taking an inventory of what didn't work, what does work, uh, and being smarter. And, and the ideas have just returned to me, the song ideas, which is everything works in a process and that, you know, all of this other stuff needed to, needed to happen at first before you can't put the cart in front of the horse. Then I was still curious, is this going to happen again? Awesome. I can't wait for them to hear the new stuff because I'm so excited because it's, you know, fucking love this shit. Yeah, it's smart. awesome. It's smarter in this, and it's right. It's right this time. That's you know? awesome. You, you, with everything it. I got right before, now, now I, I still, everything, I can look back at every single thing I did, and I found, I'll tell you what's not right about it, but I'm not going to do that. We want to hear the album when it's ready. Dude, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to be an album. I don't know if there's, is there any point in making an album. Here's the plan right now is... Uh, a flash drive called The Trip Through Donnie V. It's going to include every single thing I've done. Wow. With, without the band, whether who likes it or not. Or on there in MP3 form, um, the flash drive, all kinds of acquired bits and pieces of video or photos or this and that with a documentary of me observing these things and giving a a play-by-play recollection of the madness and the craziness wow. of what is that happening? 
what's happening in this video. What's ha- what happened that day? What, what, what happened that, that week that was so, you know, it's like people, some people's craziest story is a Tuesday and afternoon in the life of enough's enough. You know what I mean? Right. It was so out there. It was so out there and it was so bizarre and it had so much energy and so much power that wasn't unleashed. It all happened. A lot of it happened internally and behind the scenes and things, but it, the hugeness, the power and the energy of that band did still happen. It just didn't happen on the grand scale with the exposure to the world seeing it. So so that's why people are fascinated when I tell, because I tell the truth. Mm-hmm. I tell it from my heart. I try to do it in a, in a most intelligent form. I can't be pretty good at, at expressing my thoughts. And um, mm-hmm. especially now, and, and I'm enjoying the stories because now that I'm not living in that life, I'm not ashamed of anything I've ever done. I'm not. I'm just not ashamed of any of it. My heaviest drug use, the things I've destroyed, the fucking shit, the vagina I super glued shut, the fucking lawsuits, the fucking, all of the shit, the fucking things I've done, the flowers, roses, all this and that, you know, all of it. I'm not ashamed of any of it because it was, that's my, it's fucking hilarious. Okay. It's fucking hilarious. All right. It's a, it's, Hold on. It's crazy. It's insanity. It's yeah, entertainment. That's, insanity. that's what I am. I am entertainment. Okay, huh? man. This has been freaking awesome today. We want to definitely yeah. have you back on the show with us again. Maybe we can do some albums unleashed on some of the Enough's Enough stuff. Um, when the book comes out, man, you got to let us know. When this flash drive thing comes to be, you got to let us know. Yeah, here's the thing I want to say. It's going to be called a trip through Donnie V. It's going to have everything on the kitchen sink and an explanation and a narrative of going through the through everything. It's going to be, there's going to be so much shit on it. And it's not going to be an arm and a leg either. You know, we're going to try nice. to keep it, keep it, you know, uh, really affordable you know if, 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 i mean i'm not want to undersell us but there's no way i'll let it be over 150 bucks nice. or 100 you know 120 bucks or something for the entire fucking collection of every single fucking thing and and, and the description and through the eyes of from the center of mike you know from the center of the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. the, through the eyes of you know the what 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 happened what's going down and and all the lunacy and the craziness and the interesting things and the artist and everything and and, and everybody else's what they all did and all that crazy shit. And it's just, it's a fantastic, it's a beautiful thing. And people are fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by it. That's why. And I, I and I have so much fun recollecting and, and entertaining. It entertains me. So I know it's going to entertain other people. And uh, there's going to be a few new songs on it. Right after on. the first single, the first single I'm putting out, it's called I could save the world. And it's the best song I've ever written. Nice. And, um, and that's going to be coming out as soon as I can, as soon as it's finished. I got the demo, but it was just, we started, got the basic tracks, and, and it should be finished uh, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, put that out and use it as a launching pad with management. And I got some social media people, and this whole little team is starting to, to acquire, is, is starting to fall into place. And it's just, you know, when you're doing things the way it's going, it's just, we're going with the current, and God is just putting things in place, and, and it's fulfilling, and it's, and it's awesome. And then, and that's the reason I'm not making a whole record is because. I'm going to put together the monster motherfucking band I've always wanted my whole life to go out and do, you know, some of the old stuff and shit like right that on. and the new stuff and this and that. But the new stuff I want to record, I want it to go to the way to the next level like it should be if you're going to be in a band. You know, I want like that everybody's real band. shit. You know, not just doing everything myself and hiring guys and this and that. The same guys are going to want to play with me. I mean, the same guys. And there's, you know, I mean, there's a, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's an application. You, you kind of got to, you know, watch it with something that looks good, something that, that's the shit, 
mm-hmm. something that's not just a guitar player, but a fucking uh, guitar writer. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, bassist. You know, like somebody's got to fill the fill the fucking uh, the space of uh, one of the best bass players in the world. You know, right. uh, in, in drums, maybe a black guy that's got this fucking old. <laughs> You know, that old Motown groove, that fucking shit where, you know, a bass player like James Jamerson and those guys yeah. from the, the Funky Bunch, the okay. Funky uh, nice. Funk Brothers. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, the Funk Brothers. Maybe a girl. I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking about a girl on rhythm guitar that can sing, and, and I, 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 I might even have somebody in mind right now. I'm not going to go in too far into that. Hmm. You know, keyboards with all the all of the bonuses of a keyboard player with all the keys and the strings and all the shit that I that I spent so much time putting in that's never been there, you know, and uh, also the, the abilities, they have a few sampled harmonies and some stuff there. So, so when you go see this, so go see what I do, you're going to get everything and it's going to sound better than the fucking thing you played on your fucking iPod or whatever. Right. And it's going to be something, right, you know huh? what I mean? And it's going to be something to see. And it's going to be the most of what I do. It's going to be the, it's, you know, the best and the most you can get of what I do and the best presentation of it. And then we'll just see what happens with that, and that's and awesome. uh, and whatever supposed to happen will happen. So that's what I'm going to be doing, and that's why I'm not recording a record because when I do the record, I want it to be the next evolution, you know, of, of something. Because you know how much more that you know uh, how much more is there to think of? You know what I mean? Right. How much, how much shit there is? How much shit I've written? Should have done it. How much? I mean, I covered a lot of ground. So how are you? Like, how are you doing well, this? Are you? Done? Are you re- like doing like huh? this? Are you doing like what we're doing tonight? Are you recording yourself talking about the albums and the songs for the the flash drive? Oh, yeah, kind of, but on, but on video, but on video, right on. You know, that's with cool. with someone also with also somebody there that's uh, recording audio that's going to transcribe that to text to uh, start the parts of the book because uh, obviously I'm not going to give the whole book away in the right. in the flash drive and that so, so that'll probably be a that that'll probably be other. Um, It'd be a series, the next, you know, if, if somebody likes that, you know, you can't, you can't, there's just too much to give away in one thing. Right. But that flash drive's going to be so much bang for the buck, and I don't give a fuck who thinks that they're entitled to this or this and that. I don't give a fuck, fuck you, and still fuck you, and eat a big bag of dicks. I did this. I don't care who signed what. I didn't sign shit. I didn't get shit. It's mine. <laughs> and all that matters to me is that it goes from me to everyone out there, as many people as can get it as they can, because that's what it's all about. It ain't about who the fuck thinks they, they this is out of you. Hey, this was on this and this was that. You don't have right. Fuck you. Wow. <laughs> right on. Yeah, well, hey, fuck them. There is po- empowerment and nothing to lose. <laughs> that's true. That is true. <laughs> it's an empowering thing. What, they, what can you do to a guy that's got nothing to lose? Wow. <laughs> Watch out, world. Donnie V you know? is here. Good luck. Take me to court. We'll sit there in the court. I'll write a song right there in the courtroom in front of the judge. Write a song about what a jag off you are trying to take my shit. And, and, and right there. Now you write. Here's a guitar. Now, what do you, why are you entitled to it? <laughs> wow. I mean. That's tough, man. It's tough for me. Is enough enough fan I mean, to hear, you know. Fuck that. all this shit. I get it's not it. About any of that. It's, now, it's, now it's a. I get it, man. But it's hard as an enough's enough fan to hear, you know, because I, I can tell that there's there's a lot of anger towards Chip, but I see that there's a lot of love too, you know, through the years and and what you guys have done together, you know. I'm there's a, there's a, I like Chip too, you know, and I, I love you, love, and this I is great. But dearly? I wish you know. I I, oh. I know you're gonna do great. 
I know you're going to do great, man. You sound better than I think I've ever heard you. I, I'm just telling you as a fan, I'm looking forward to the flash drive. I'm looking forward to the book. And I'm really, really looking forward to the new album. You know, and my heart's with you, man. I wish you the, all the success that I know all these years that you should have achieved with Enough's Enough. And the same with Chip, man. I, I wish him success with everything he does, too, because I'm a huge fan of both of you guys. And, you know... It's tough, you know, but you got to do your own thing, Donnie, man. I believe in you. I know you can do this, man. Stick with what well, you feel you know, is right, brother. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry you burst. I'm sorry you burst your bubble, bro. I'm so really am. It says, forgive me, and I hope that, that you, you can get over it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but I, I, have a, I have a new saying now for, you know, for all the people and everybody, including myself, is I hope, you know, everybody gets what they deserve. I hope you get all that you deserve. The chip's enough to me. To you, to everybody. Everybody gets what they deserve. I can do things that nobody can do, but I can't do so easily things that everyone can do. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 